Hey guys. Hey everybody. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chase. And this is Crime with a K. After hours. At 8 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Oh, 9 o'clock. Wow. Chase just woke up from a nap, so yeah. <laughs> he prepared for <sighs> that. Ugh. Yeah, because I asked for a 20-minute nap, and Kelsey let me sleep for two hours. He set his alarm. I came in and made sure he got up, and he didn't No, you didn't make night. sure, because if you made sure, I would have gotten up, not two hours later. Boy, you are not my problem when you are sleeping. You should be. <laughs> well, coffee of the day. I had a peanut butter, a small peanut butter cold brew from Burnberry. For $7. It was $7. It's essentially like cocaine in a cup, though, because those cups of coffee at Burnberry give you, they have you wired. It's so bad. <laughs> like, you don't sit still. No. No. Because I came home and I was like, basically tasked at myself with everything i had to do all by eleven thirty. i was yeah. done it's it's pretty it's honestly not healthy no. it makes your tummy hurt and yeah. then you crash too at the end but their coffee is good it's just really strong yeah and i didn't have any here i didn't have a coffee so jumping into today's case so today we're gonna take a little tripsy down memory lane for chase oh okay yes I, yes i do now you've hinted at this yeah. i've been like trying <laughs> i've been I've been trying not to tell Chase this case, but pretty much every single day I look at him and I go, do you know of any cases that have happened close to you? Do you have even an inkling of what I'm talking about this week? Yeah, and she finally just told me the city. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So today, today's case takes place in Farmville, Virginia. Whoop, whoop. That's where I went to college. It is. Chase talks a lot about Farmville. It's, it's a unique sit town. Well, Farmville is a small town in rural Virginia. It's about 60 miles west of the capital of Richmond. Yep. Which I got right this time because I had to write it down. Yeah, not Richardson. I call it Richardson. She does not stop. <laughs> the population of Farmville is 7,202 people. And there are a few colleges there, but other than that, it's just a quaint, quiet little town. It is very quiet. Yeah, eh, yeah it's quaint, I guess. I mean, yeah. There's like not a lot going on there. No, right. it's very quiet. Yeah. There's not a lot. However... On September 15th, 2009, a gruesome murder rocked the town of Farmville. Oh. And you hadn't heard of this, right? No. Even when you were there? Mm -mm. Interesting. So, Richard Samuel McCroskey III was born on December 23rd, 1988, and he was 20 years old at the time of this story. Richard was a California kid. He grew up in Hayward and then moved to Castro Valley with his father and his sister. Richard was known as Meek extremely insecure and he was often described as very passive he was bullied and he was teased quite a bit in school most often about his weight and his bright red hair and he never really fought back he kind of just took it when people were mean to him and shut down and richard's sister called him a quote mild-mannered and kind person who never fought back or defended himself unless provoked Okay, and this starts in California, so yeah. he came far away. Mm -hmm. Came all the way to Farmville. Yeah, great <laughs> town of Farmville. So Richard also looked a lot younger than he was, and he really just kept to himself in the real-life world. But in the online world, Richard was able to be whoever he wanted to be, and that he was. We all know that people online, you can be whoever you want to be. You can highlight your life. You can sometimes even dissociate yourself from what's actually going on in your life or who you really are as a person. And oftentimes people will use that as an escape or to be somebody that they really want to be in the real world. Mm -hmm. Now, this was also a time that MySpace was thriving. And in that same time, this is when those online connections really started to pop off. Like... People realized, oh, like I could actually meet people on here from anywhere. I don't have to stay in my small bubble of people I know. 
and I can meet someone who has no idea who I am, doesn't know anybody who knows me, and I can pretend to be whoever I want to or portray myself as whoever I want to be to this person. Mm-hmm. Very scary. So because of that, Richard was known to have two personas. In person, Richard was a pushover and a social outcast who was bullied and tormented and teased. But online, on his MySpace account, Richard portrayed himself as a tough, confident, hot, bad boy, aspiring horrorcore rapper. Oh, wow. Big, mm-hmm. okay. Big mm-hmm. change. I like it, though. Rapper. Rapper. Hmm. Horrorcore, also called horror hip-hop, horror rap, death hip-hop, or death rap, is a subgenre of hip-hop music based on horror-themed and often darkly aggressive brutal lyric content and imagery the themes that are often used in these are death murder suicide mental illness and gruesome brutality i've never heard of that me either not even once and it's not my thing i'm gonna read you guys a few of the lines from the songs that i found okay um it's not my thing but you know what everybody has different music choices people dabble in different things this should be fun. Different strokes Let's for your, different folks. I would love to hear you sing. Sing horrorcore? Oh, yeah. gosh. Let's oh hear gosh. it. No, 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 no. No, no. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You <laughs> should go professional. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for coming to my show. So, Richard was an aspiring horrorcore rapper, and he was part of Razakal's promotional team. Razakal is a horrorcore rapper who has a really big following and she has an established audience. She. A she. Wow. She has an established audience in that industry. So this meek, quiet, shy kid is an aspiring horrorcore rapper. And Richard went by the name of Psycho Sam, spelt S-Y-K-O Sam. Oh. As his um, MySpace. Yeah, his rapper name. Stage name, rapper name. Yeah, he's a rapper. Thank you. Rapper name. (laughs) So Richard was really learning from Razakel and being taken under the wing while also meeting people in the horrorcore industry and really building his online persona around this Psycho Sam alter ego. His MySpace screen name was Lil Demon Dog. Oh, you Lil Demon. Yes. Lil Demon Dog. Which is a reference to Son of Sam. Oh. The serial killer. Yeah. So Richard was obsessed with Son of Sam. We're going to talk about that in a little I don't really want to hate on Richard's name because we all create names based on the scenes that we're in, especially in this industry too. A lot of the people use terms like psycho or evil or gruesome or just things that were really dark. So it wasn't really outside of the realm that Richard was falling into. But like I said, Richard chose this name based on Son of Sam and he was obsessed with Son of Sam. Throwing a big, fat, juicy, delicious red flag on that. Yes, very much so. Because Son of Sam is an American serial killer from New York City. So this is where you can, like, do your horrorcore. But once you start idolizing and looking up to serial killers, that's when the issues come in. Yeah, man. You just you got real passionate about the hip-hop game. Too, took it too far. Just took it too far. The game got to him. It consumed him. Consumed him right up. It's crazy. So Richard was really into fuck. Fa-fa, fa-fa, wow. Fa. <laughs> wow. You're going somewhere. Richard was really into photography and web design. It was his hobbies outside of school, and it became he became pretty good at it and found a little gig in that horrorcore industry, helping Razakal. So Richard's helping Razakal with marketing, web design for her branding, and through doing this, Richard met another girl in the scene on MySpace. This was 16-year-old Emma Niederbrock, so there's a four-year difference because he's 20. Okay. Emma was born on October 15th, 1992, and she was described as sweet, smart, and well-rounded. Emma had been homeschooled and was exceptionally smart. She played soccer, and she loved the Backstreet Boys. But Emma was also in this online horrorcore scene. She did enjoy listening to that as well. And Emma was into fashion, and she wanted to be a fashion designer, and she loved that gothic scene fashion of, like, the 2008, 2009. Like, think of, like, a Tumblr girl. Do you have Tumblr? No, you didn't. Okay. Well, if you're out there, know what I mean? Like the Tumblr gal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yes. Emma was also interested in the occult, and she grew up in a very religious household, which a lot of people tend to think that that's why she swayed that drastic way. Emma went by the name Ragdoll online on MySpace, and she wore a necklace all the time that said doll. She also dyed her hair bright pink, and she wore the heavy, dark, intense makeup. A lot of eyeliner, just 
kind of like when you look at photos, it's what you would think of as Hot Topic or and a- Tumblr in 2009. What was that name? Adam. I- 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 Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Yes, actually, she did look a lot like Avril Lavigne. Her makeup and what she would do. That girl. Mm-hmm. That girl. What was her song? She was a scared boy. She said, "See you later, boy." He wasn't good. Okay. I don't think we can judge people based on their music because anybody, like I said, can like any type of music, and people do typically like more than one genre. I don't think liking horrorcore makes you a bad person, and I don't think that liking this type of music makes you a violent person i think that there's other factors that go into that yeah but you know we could i mean i would like to know how every single one of you got into that type of music but yeah you know like what was the song that got you hooked yeah yeah what how did you just (laughs) fall upon this (laughs) so emma had a best friend 18 year old melanie wells these two were bestie girls and they met online through that horrorcore community on myspace Melanie was born on February 13th, 1991, oh. to her parents Thomas G. Wells and Kathleen Wells in Louisiana. At some point throughout Emma's childhood, the family moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and then to Inwood, uh, West Virginia, which is where Melanie lived during this time period. So just before Melanie was going into high school, she dropped out of school entirely and then went on to get her GED, and she was attending Muscle Man High School. Muscle Man High Muscle School? Man. Isn't that, I read that and I was like... Is that a real name? Well, like, if you said that, I would have thought it was like a bodybuilder school for like... Where is the school at? It's in West Virginia. Melanie at this time had actually been staying with Emma and Emma's mom. Oh, it's Muscle Man. Yeah. As in muscle... As in, like, the, 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 the clam, clam yeah. not a not muscle, like, <laughs> not like your muscle. Yeah. You should have explained that one. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't know that. You're like, yeah. And I'm like, you literally just t- watched me type it in to the GPS and you just still didn't say a word. Because <laughs> I was like, you know what? We all have to fend for ourselves. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> you literally watched me do it. So everybody out there who wasn't, like, was confused with it, they're like, Kelsey wasn't. It's, it's muscle. muscle. Yes. Like the clam. So, like I said, Emma had been staying, or Melanie had been staying with Emma and Emma's mom during this. So these two did wind up meeting in real life and spending time together. Melanie was described as sweet and kind and very similar to Emma, and the two became inseparable very quickly after meeting each other. Melanie was also involved in this horrorcore online world. She met Emma through this online world with Razakel. Melanie went by the name Ms. Free Abortions. Ms. Free Abortions? Yeah. That is edgy. Yes. Sure. So Razakel, the artist, actually linked Melanie and Emma up. Razakel had gotten whatever MySpace's equivalent of a DM was because I literally only had I never had a MySpace. I only had it for a month before Facebook came out. Yeah, I never had it. Because I wasn't I had, um, what was that thing called when, before that, it was like IM? AIM. AIM. And it was like you could talk on there and you could do emojis. Yep. That was huge. Mm -hmm. That was like the first thing I used. And you could like talk on the computer. Yes. So I don't know what the like equivalent of a DM was on MySpace, but basically Razakel got a DM from both of them saying like, I love your music. I'm a really big fan. And Razakel basically said, you two should meet because you're near each other and it seems like you'd get along. And me personally, I'd assume in this community, I hadn't ever heard of it until this case. Not to say that a lot of people don't know of it, but it's definitely more of an underground hidden community from what I could find. So I don't know or think that there's a lot of people that like this type of music. So I can see from an artist's perspective, basically saying like, oh, go meet up. Like you guys have similar interests. You can be friends. You're into the same type of scene. You're both young girls. And it's, yeah, it's social media. Yeah. Nowadays, that would probably be a big (laughs) no-no. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Well, Especially nowadays, too, well, I don't know what MySpace was, but did you have profile pictures? Yeah. But they weren't, like, what it is today. Like, I, I just remember, remember like, fa- it used to be, like, a, you'd make it, like, an edgy photo or something. Yeah, it was edgy, and you would do, like, when somebody came to your MySpace. MySpace also, you had to do, like, a lot of coding to make your page what you wanted it to be, but you would pick your top five best friends, and then you would pick a, th- a song. Mine was Patron Tequila. I was literally 13. Yeah, and you had never had a shot of tequila in your life? No, I had not. Nice. Rosakel took a big liking to Emma and said, quote, I always had an idea that she she was brought up strict, and I was brought up strict, and so I thought I could relate with her because I know how it goes, and I messed up a lot, and I just, I didn't want to see her go down the same path, and so I was there for her. Razakel was the matchmaker, and then she set these two up with Richard online because they were all working within Razakel's promotional team. 
So Rosicale is also called the, quote, queen of the wicked shit. What is up with these names? And then she called her promotional team, quote, the unholy apostles. It's just quite a lot. It's just a razzle-dazzle on everything. It's a little zesty. It's just zesty. It's just a little much. (laughs) It's just a lot. So What's up? I want to be the local fetus. The local fetus? That would be my name. (laughs) I'd fit in. The local fetus. Jeez. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm dead. What's, okay. what's the music called? Hardcore rock horror. Horrorcore. Horrorcore. So these three begin chatting. Emma and Melanie know each other in person by now. But now Richard is introduced through Rosicale and her promotional folks, the Unholy Apostles. Those, yeah. Those guys. And the local fetus. And the local fetus. That's Chase's That's my name, name now. Yeah, I'm in the horrorcore. Yeah. Horrorcore. Horrorcore. Emma and Richard begin chatting on the side, and they start getting to know one another. They're bonding over horrorcore, and they begin their little romantic zest. Ooh. So Rosicale and her boyfriend, Andre, actually met Richard at a horrorcore music festival in California a year before this. And she said that Richard was so shy and awkward that she basically had to call him out to come over and say hi. Oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah. She's like, boy, you work for us. You literally talk to me on the phone. Yes. I'm over here. No, he's very much one of those guys. He's... He's a literal mongrel in yeah. person. Richard quickly assumed that Emma was his girlfriend. Emma never stated. He took that. Oh, he took that. You and couldn't even like meet, go up and like approach her, but you're like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. No, no, no. This was even before he met Emma. He had met Razakal, but Emma online, he was like, she's my girlfriend, and he took that and ran with it. And it came out that they weren't that she was just like flirting, like like anybody at that age, sixteen, would do with people over text. But you can flirt, but it's not dating. It's not dating. You're not his girlfriend. He took that and was like, No, we're we're dating. Oh, so Jesus. yeah, you can kinda see where this is headed. Mm-hmm. Emma never stated that she was, and she never confirmed that she was. They were flirting and talking quite a bit, but there was never any are we boyfriend, girlfriend, or are we this, are we official? They were just in that like I would say like pre talking phase. Yeah, it was very innocent. Very, yeah. They were talking for up to a year. And mind you, they don't know each other. They're I mean, a like, year is a long time. But, like, that's another thing. If you talk to someone for a year, you should know if you're dating right. or not. And they're also all the way across the country from one another. Yeah. Emma was posting on her feed how much she loved Richard and she would post about him. But if anybody asked, Emma would always be like, no, he's not my boyfriend. And she also would post about other guys like that on her feed, too. It was just kind of like a flirty blah, 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 you know? I don't know how the my MySpace used to work, but... Yeah, I don't I'm assuming really she was posting. doing it with every guy. You should have, you know, relaxed. Yeah. And she's in Virginia. He's in California. They're just talking. They're flirting. They're vibing. They're being gruesome. They're getting... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are y'all bonding over? Hardcore. Once the year goes by, these three chat, and they decide that together they want to go to a music festival. All three of them. Huh. Emma, Richard, and Melanie. The music festival is in Southgate, Michigan, and it's called, quote, Strictly for the Wicked. Oh, ooh. and it was a bunch of horrorcore artists and bands coming together to perform. Oh my god, that I I would be so terrified. I would be so terrified. <laughs> I would be so terrified. There's no way you'd catch me at one of those things. Like I'm not like. I hope everyone has a good time at those things, but I would literally be so scared. Oh yeah, I'd be so scared. Mm-hmm. The yes. amount of people I couldn't even imagine the outfits. I mean, I just couldn't. A lot of leather, I assume. Tight leather. I'd be so scared. <laughs> and like everyone's just like. He's like jamming to death and I'm gonna be like ah. Oh my gosh. I'm like trying really hard to like it's not everyone's jam. It's not my jam. It would frighten me. No, because I know people out there that talk mad shit about like country music and they yeah. look at us as heel bailies yeah. and like you getting your trick. Yeah, and they're like I would never be caught dead no, in a you country never get, concert. No, like, with yeah. those hillbillies. But there's no way I would go to Horcore in the middle of Michigan. Oh my god, he's so scary. So, oh my god. Michigan was pretty far for all three of them. Emma and Melanie are in the Virginias, and Richard's in California. So Emma goes to her parents, 53-year-old Deborah Kelly and 50-year-old Mark Niederbrock. Deborah was born on September 28, 1955, in Richmond, Virginia. She was a sociology and criminology professor at Longwood University. Hey, go Lances. And was adored by her students. Deborah was also exceptionally brilliant. Mark Niederbrock was born on March 20th, 1959 in Illinois, and he was a reverend, and he was head of the church at Walker's Presbyterian Church in Hicksburg, Virginia. Is that near? 
I honestly, I've heard of Higgsburg, but I thought you were going to say he was the reverend at my college. I know. I was probably like, Ooh. I was hoping, but I your know. college isn't mentioned in the story at all. Bummer. Emma's parents were in the middle of getting a divorce at this time, but they were still trying to be good parents and stay together for Emma and just be amicable. Mark had moved out of the home, so it was Deborah and Emma in the home, and Melanie was staying with them. Okay. There weren't any issues or family drama, but Emma was struggling with her parents separating. She didn't have any siblings, so she was kind of going through it all by herself, and she's in high school, and she's going through puberty. A lot of people think that Emma really projected herself into this horror core scene to escape what was happening at home and with her parents, and giving her something to feel and a group to feel a part of. Emma's parents hated the horrorcore thing. She's the daughter of a of a highly, highly respected professor and a highly respected reverend in a small town. And she's seeming like this rebellious, angsty teen. Well, and I'm sorry, but Farmville, Virginia, too. Like, yeah, if you're not. Yeah. Like it is so small that it could be super hard just to figure out who you are in that town. Like, because there's nothing out there. Like you either, I guess you just go to high school and you go to Longwood and then you go from there. You go to Hampton City. But like. Most of the kids in Farmville didn't go to Hampton, Sydney. It was more of the Longwood, but yeah. most of them didn't go to school. Like, I know a lot of people that in that town that just graduated high school or barely, barely, like, it's not a town that has, like, a lot of opportunity. Uh, yeah, because what you described to me and then here, like, it, to me, I was like, oh. You have a Walmart, there's yeah. a food line, a cookout, a Bojangles. Uh, there's two bars in the actual town. Like, there's restaurants that serve it, but there's only two bars. And three hotels. Yeah, four hotels now. We got a new. We got two new hotels. But when I was a senior, mm-hmm. junior, we got two new hotels. Yeah, it's like small, small town. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you can drive through the entire town in a matter of f- six minutes. Yeah. So Emma's parents hated the horrorcore thing so much that Emma was going to counseling with her mom to kind of understand what this is, what it means, and make sure that Emma was okay and wasn't actually feeling what these lyrics were portraying. But, yeah, because that's hard. It's like, do you really want to kill yourself? Do you really like love death? Do you really want to do all these yeah. things, or is it like you just? We live in Farmville, Virginia, and you just are trying to find your identity. Escape, yeah, yeah, to get out of this. Because like, trust me, Farmville's a great little town, but it's very tiny. So yeah. it's like you just, if you don't fit in, you don't fit in. Yeah, like the, the you just don't. Mm-mm. You stick out. But her parents weren't forbidding Emma from listening to horrorcore or making friends in the horrorcore community. And they were being really accepting of it, but they wanted to understand it and really just make sure that Emma was fine and it wasn't leading to anything else. This is where I'm going to share some of the lyrics because I get it. Like if my kid was listening to this, I think my head would tilt, my ears would perk up and I would be like, I don't really know how to handle this. And then you asked me to get on a plane and go to Michigan. Yeah. And, and be a part of that. So I'd cry. This is this this is by Psycho Cutter, and the song is called Horrorcore Survivor. Quote: I was born in a bed of thorns. A devil scorned killed my mom and left her torn because I had a head with horns. These other rappers trying to dead the violence, but I'm here to infect the mindless and spread the virus like it's hepatitis. Choke detoxide and peroxide, then look for his body on the Fox 5 news coverage and watch it live. You the queen of tranny rap. You gotta be the only rapper strapped. With dildos in his fanny pack, fuck around and get your granny smashed while I pour hot candle wax and a match down your pansy ass. Forcing all these forks till you cough and twitch, I'm gory with saws and shit. Mutilating pricks with 40 stitches, taking shit, stalking kids, walking like I'm awkward in the orphanage. Where's the gasoline? Splash the scene and leave decay. Scenic with a mean display of evil when the feeble prey. Watch me lead the way, shooting with my extra clips. I'm like an exorcist the way I get your neck to twist. Disrespect a bitch. Depression got me stress and shit. Viagra got me hard to the point that her dress would lift. I'm into raping nuns. It's curtains till the drapes are done. My kid would have to write me an 85-page paragraphed essay on why or how the fuck that relates to you in any sense before I let you listen to that music anymore. Mm-hmm. At, four, what, 15, 16? What about that relates to you? Mm-hmm. What do you get out of that that goes, wow, that really, that really, f- mm-hmm. really gets me and that really, like, I really understand where they're coming from. I want to rape nuns, too. Mm-hmm. 
and pour hot wax on you. Yeah, like when I was reading the different lyrics of the songs, I was like, oh. Like, what do you relate oh. with? How do you and a bunch of people for a year sit and talk about this music and relate to it? But now you can see, too, why her parents... I would have I said, absolutely the fuck yeah. not. You're not but, going. But at the same time, you hear your kid listening to these lyrics, and you go, well, if they're feeling like this, I don't want to push them over the edge. And there's no guidebook to parenting. There's no, like, okay, let's go to chapter, my kid's listening to horrorcore and how to deal with it. It's like, oh, my kid's listening to horrorcore, and I don't know how to deal with it because no other parent has had to go through this. I would so. just, it, I, honestly, like, I would just be like, sorry, too far. Mm-hmm. Can't go to Michigan yet. You're too young. I, I mean, like, I, if you want to be the good bear, I just be like, sorry, it's unsafe and too far. And just ignore <laughs> the fact that you're listening to that. Fine. We'll just act like the distance is the problem. Be like, here. you have to pay me gas money. Oh, you cannot get it. Okay. Oh sorry. yeah. How about you can pay? You can. You're more than welcome to go. Just, no, because then what she's gonna do is go on MySpace and talk to all her horrorcore fans, and they're gonna send her a bunch of money. And go then she, yeah. And then, I, then I look like the awful parent that like got all this money to send her kid away, and I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. You can't go anymore. <laughs> then I'm all over front page news. Farmville Herald. That's what it would be on. Oh. God. So you can kind of see why Emma's parents didn't want to, one, push her away or forbid her from listening to it because you don't know where that's going to lead. I do. And two, they were just trying to understand it and let Emma know that she could share things with them and they may not understand, but they were willing to try and learn that that world for her. Should I, we listen to it? No, I did. And it's, I, it's not, it's really not my thing. I thought I was, I thought I was like, I am so seen because I'm like, I like Breaking Benjamin. And then listening to this, I was like, oh my goodness. No, 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 no. So I, again, like I'm not faulting Emma's parents in any way. Like I I said, I give them parenting is hard and it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when it comes to a kid. So there's no, there's no way they didn't, they knew what was going to happen. So since the communication was open between Emma and her parents, Emma asked them about the music festival, and she asked them about meeting up with Richard and going to the festival. After a long conversation about it, Emma's parents made arrangements for the three of them to attend the festival. But the deal was was that Richard was going to fly to Farmville, or Richmond, and then to Farmville, and he had to make those arrangements by himself. Like, he needed to figure out how to get on a plane, how to fly the plane, and land. Oh, and fly it? Mm -hmm. Sir, you also have to get your pilot's license. (laughs) No, no, no. You can't just get on it and fly here. You must fly the plane. Commercial? No. No, but they were basically like, he's 20 years old. He needs to figure out how to get here. Okay, but you let a grown-ass man go uh, take your underage daughter to a horrorcore. Well, the the deal was is that... Ugh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to come at anyone's parenting, but like, I don't like that. They I don't s- agree. They said that they would drive all three of them to the festival, drop them off, and pick them up, but they wanted to scope out the scene a bit before just dropping the three of them off. They also. <laughs> what would you expect to see that makes you think that that will be safe? I, I promise you, if you see anything about scoping out, I there's nothing that would make me probably go. You know what? This is okay. Go. I think I would sob. <laughs> I would cry. <laughs> like showing up and scoping the scene, I'd probably make it even worse. I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, I should just stay home. This is one of the things that, like ignorance. Is yeah, you should probably just stay in the hotel room, drop them off, close your eyes, and turn around and just yeah, go and say come a back. Yes, and just pray to God your daughter comes back. They also told Emma and that Richard could stay at the house and he would be there for a week. Again, I understand what they're doing. They thought that bringing Richard into their home would mean that they could keep an eye on him and the girls in the situation. But at the end of the day, Richard was a stranger. I totally agree. I don't mind what they did because I would do the same thing. Because they're mean, just trying to make. Well, they trust your daughter and yeah. say that's their friend. Okay, but I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would want to drive them there, be close. Rip my eyes out so I don't see yeah, anything that's happening. <laughs> but like, it makes sense. Okay, if you come in, you stay here. That's more than yeah. okay because. Mm-hmm. But you could have gotten a hotel room, I guess. So Emma's parents were going to pick up Richard from the airport, and together they were going to drive to the music festival. This was about a 10-hour drive. Holy crap. Really? Yeah. I looked it up. Farmville Mm -hmm. to Michigan? To Southgate, Michigan. Did you think that was short or long? I thought that was short. I thought it was short. Yeah, I I thought thought it would be way further. Mm -hmm. So in a post on MySpace on September 7th, 2009, Emma says that she's so excited for Richard to come and post to his wall and says, quote, the next time you check your MySpace, you'll be at my house. Aw. I know. So Richard arrives on September 12th, 2009, 
Richard arrives to the airport, and Emma, Deborah, and Melanie are the ones to go pick Richard up. Remember, Richard has two personalities. Online, he's the cool, hot, confident bad boy. But in person, he's shy, and he's awkward, and he's meek, and that just shines through. Oh my god, so hard. Yeah, and they're not online anymore. So Richard can't fake whatever he wants to portray like he was going to do online. Emma was immediately turned off by him. Oh, I can, it's a catfish. It, it was, it was it's a catfish. catfish before catfish. Yeah. he. She didn't think that he looked anything like he did in his photos. Wasn't acting the way that he was acting online. So right off the bat, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. He, that's like, so wasn't awkward. Speaking. And you're supposed to then yeah. go on a 10-hour drive. Yeah. Then go to a concert with them. Like, and that's he's gotta staying be with them for the week. Oh, God. Yeah. Richard definitely didn't use photos that really looked like him because when you compare the photos on his MySpace to photos of him taken later on, you can just tell. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's catfish. Richard also has no game and he's not really looking at Emma and he's just being awkward. He's like not speaking. And Emma was like, okay, I am actually not into this mongrel of a human being that just climbed into my mom's car. And now car. I have to spend a whole entire yeah. week and a half with him. And you, she's definitely embarrassed because her mom and her friend are there and she probably was oozling about to her friend how much she loved him and like liked him was excited to meet him richard immediately felt her rejection right when he got into the car well yeah because you lied yep the psycho sam persona that was showcased online has completely washed away and was left back in california and it's just richard the third in the car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. little puss boy so now richard's uncomfortable because he's disappointed by emma's reaction and they have to now drive 10 hours to this concert It's even more awkward because now both of Emma's parents are in the car with them. Her best friend's there, and Emma's feeling embarrassed. Oh my god, that car! I would literally have a panic attack. Yep. I would have an I would have an anxiety attack honestly Mm -hmm. because like this isn't the person that I was supposed to spend the next week with. This is not him. And honestly, I do see it from both sides. Like it's hurtful to be rejected by somebody. But you don't lie. Yeah, you don't lie. You don't lie because. Ugh, because you just you're lying like you're lying to somebody you're lying about who you look like you're lying about who you are you're lying about what kind of person you are it's mm-hmm. not okay mm-hmm. it's very not cool because mm-hmm. now this person has to like now their parents like yeah. that's so embarrassing and now she feels awkward because she's like wait i don't find you attractive and like now i have to act like i hang with out you. with yeah i'm yeah. stuck with you for a week now my parents are taking care of you now you're in my home yes yeah Like, it's just like, and all because you just were lying. You Mm -hmm. lied to this girl. She didn't lie to you. No. Mm Mm-hmm. So when they got to the concert, Emma didn't pay any mind to Richard. That must have been the longest concert. Yeah. I mean, the longest drive. Well, yeah, it was the longest drive. It was the longest 10-hour drive. That had to have been the worst drive ever. A lot of people say that at the concert, Emma was off flirting with other cute guys, and someone said that she was even kind of canoodling and flirting with a band member from one of the horrorcore bands, and she wants nothing to do with Richard. Oh, I would have gotten so far away from him, too, though. Yeah. Like, I would have gone and done, had a good time and forgot he was even there. She took her best friend, and she was like, we're done. we're done. See ya. So Richard's not happy, and the more that Emma's flirting with other guys and not paying attention to him, the more angry Richard's getting. Also, Richard believed that Emma was his girlfriend. So Emma didn't believe Richard was anything more than a hot guy online that she was flirting with. And because of the awkwardness, they didn't have any conversation about this. And he just sat there in the car and probably said nothing. Yeah. And he's the guy that like is, is creepily sitting in the back of the party with a drink staring at everybody. At her. Yeah, and at, mad at her. staring at her, yeah. And judging by what people said at the, about, about the concert and at the concert, Emma just kind of got there and leapt and bound way away from him with Melanie. So now Richard that the, Richard's at this horrorcore concert and he's feeling rejected by the girl that he's been talking to for a year. That sucks. And he's beyond bummed. He's now alone at this concert and he's not a social person. He's not a confident person. He's not a cool person. He's in the, he's in the one environment that he would hate to be in. Yes. And Emma's off with her bestie flirting with boys. It's just all around. It's not a good scene. She's like, yeah, oh, I, I, but no. honestly, like, good for you. Cause like, I, I would be, I just, I couldn't, oh, yeah. I couldn't keep pissed. a face. I couldn't, no. I would be like, sir, I don't know you. <laughs> like, I don't know you. You, you don't look like the person you told me you did. You look totally different. You don't talk. Like, <laughs> please leave me alone. Like, honestly, please just get back on a plane and go home. Change your flight date and go away. Like, I don't want Mr. you here. Mr. Richard, I don't know who you are. So, like, I don't know. I feel like at a grown, at, at a more mature age, you'd just be like, no. 
No. At a more yeah, at a more mature age, I feel like you'd be they'd land on the airport and you'd be like, oh, absolutely not. And be like, mom, this is not the man I'm comfortable yeah. hanging out with. He needs yeah. to get back on a plane and I'd go. I'd be home. like, call me even Max. And he's twenty. He's situation. an adult. You don't need to let him in. No. He can go. He's yeah, an adult. That's, that's you don't the, need to go. Well, he has to stay at my place because he's a minor. No, he no, can go a get a hotel. Yeah. He can change his flight and be wherever he needs yeah. to be the next day. Mm-hmm. Like you have no obligation to do anything with that man. Like you did not. You have no obligation getting in a 10-hour car ride to go to this concert with him there's no like he is grown yep and if you ugh, it's just like it sucks because it's like if she was a little more mature or more like i don't know more like i i, I want to say mature because that makes it seem like she was irresponsible or like it wasn't it was her not like because if, if it was my if i was older i'd be like no and i yeah. would explain that to my parents like i don't feel comfortable with this mm-hmm. we don't know this man yeah i wouldn't just be like yeah i'm okay just let's let's just suck this up for 10 hours but or- that's why i'm i'm not saying the emotional maturity thing is a bad thing because it's like at 16 you know what i mean you just didn't you didn't have the cognitive to say i don't feel comfortable with you I don't like you. I don't want you to get into my car. Or a red flag, maybe. Yeah, yeah you don't have that yet. You yeah. kind of go, well, well I committed to this person. MySpace was so new. Yeah. So, like, that new connection of meeting people online was nothing. was not a thing. Yeah, so it's like, that could easily play into it, too. Right. It's just so new to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole friend, meeting friends online is because totally crazy. I feel like now with catfishing and seeing the shows and seeing hearing all of these stories... When you meet somebody online for the first time and they're not who they say they are, they don't look like their picture, they don't act the way, you kind of have this confidence to go, yeah, no, this well, is even, not a thing. Yeah, and you plus know the, yeah, it's those a thing. shows. You know that people do that. Back then, you might have been like, I don't know, like he kind of looks like his picture. This is this might be yeah. him. Well, now the shows teach you that too. Yeah. The yep. shows and like yeah, the 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 social media aspect yeah. is exposing people. So do you know what to look for yeah. now? It's not like. Oh, this guy's profile picture is a little fuzzy right. and a little tilted. That's mm-hmm. not normal. Or he won't, like, show his face. And right. Because like, nowadays, if you don't have an Instagram, you don't have a Facebook, or you don't have a Twitter, something's off. You damn well better get on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Like, something's off now. Like, if you get on a social media app and you're, fa- like, you're, you're on a dating app and you ask, hey, you have an Instagram? Yeah. No. Facebook? No. Twitter? Right. No. Snapchat? No. Social security number? Yeah, like no. <laughs> it's just like there's there, you, there's so it's hard to like hot, fake it nowadays yeah. unless you're just oblivious mm-hmm. yourself. Now there's been two sides given. One side being that Emma and Melanie ignored Richard at the concert, and then another where they were fine with him. And this is all in that kind of ten hour ride. I period. would agree that they probably just went off and did their own thing. Yeah, but like in the car. Oh, the they car. probably put on their iPod shuffles and. And said, just lay me, <laughs> yeah, leave me alone me and take a nap. Out of the car. So Razakal, who is very close with the two of them, said that Emma never claimed Richard was her boyfriend and said, quote, but she never flat out told me he's my boyfriend. I just knew that they were getting close and getting closer and at the shows they were going to meet up and take it from there. But Richard's sister, Sarah, said that his friends spoke of a falling out that he and Emma had at the show. Razakal didn't know anything about that falling out and said that before the concert, the girls just hung out in their hotel room and Emma spent hours and hours putting dread falls in Melanie's hair. Okay. The concert ends and they take that long, excruciating drive home. And now it's... Oh, God. Yeah, because oh, you got to well, do it twice. Yeah, plus MVP on the parents, though. Oh, my God. 20 hours of driving? Yeah. So now... But that means you're a good parent because they were like, if you're going to this concert, we're going to stay close. Here. Yeah. So now it's September 14th, 2009, and everyone's back at Emma's house. And remember, Richard's still there because he's staying the week, and everyone's just chilling. I would have just been like, no, you're changing your flight after this concert. Like, Mom, this isn't the right guy. (laughs) This is not him. Please, I've been asking you, where are Neva Max? And, like, honestly, yeah, I could get it at the concert. Like, honestly, if this weird guy was creepily just following me around, not talking, was four years older than me, and wouldn't say a word to me, and he's not what he looked like, I would grab my friend and be like, let's go have fun away from this creepy guy. And then, like, what do you do the rest of the time? Like, you're now in my house for a week. Do you want to, like, and you're in Farmville. There's not, like... (laughs) You want to go to the mall? We don't have that. that. There's nothing in (laughs) Farmville. We could go to the lake and stare at it. So they did find some way to be cordial and hang out and vibe together as friends. Melanie then posts on her MySpace that she's going to go back home to her house in West Virginia. Then Melanie goes dark after September 14th. Mm. Her family had been in communication with her, and then suddenly nothing, which is never a good sign. Then... 
On Wednesday, September 16th, the day that Melanie's supposed to go home, her father comes to Emma's house. Her dad came to get Melanie because he hadn't heard from her and he couldn't get in contact with anybody in the house. So he's knocking at the door, he's ringing the bell, he's banging, he's pounding on the door, no answer. He starts peering into the windows, but it's dark and he can't see. So he's calling the home phone and the cell phones of everybody there, but no one's answering. Her dad waited outside the house for a few hours because he thought that they had just hadn't come home yet. After hours of waiting and at this point panicking because he's like, I haven't, I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard from anybody. Thomas, her dad, turns to leave and he was going to go home and talk to Melanie's wife about the situation and hope to hear from somebody on the way home and just kind of figure out what to do from there. Okay. Melanie's mom texted Melanie the night before and said, quote, have fun. I love you. Okay. I'm a a little confused though. What part? So like she's missing now. Mm Mm-hmm. But what were they doing? Did, like, everyone go to work? They were just hanging out at the house. They came back from the concert. So, yes, yes, Emma's mom should have been going to work. Yeah, so everyone, like, came back from the concert. Everyone went to bed, da-da-da-da. Everyone woke up, went to work, and now she's... And the kids were just chilling. Yeah, and now now her mom's gotten home from work. Yep. She notices she's gone. No, no, no. Melanie's dad comes to the house because nobody in the house is answering. Okay, so, he, okay so he comes to pick yeah. them up. No one's answering. Mm-hmm. He's wondering what's going on. Yeah. Okay. He can't get anybody in the house to answer. He can't get Emma's mom to answer. Emma's dad doesn't live there. Because they're the divorced. Reverend? The Reverend? Right, yeah, they're divorced. Oh. Yeah, I do remember you telling me that, but I totally forgot because <laughs> like, they took a 10-hour drive together. Yes. Normally, you don't do that with your... Yeah, they're very cordial. Yeah. They, they were on very good terms. So, now the night before this, on September 15th, Melanie's mom texted Melanie and said, quote, have fun. I love you. And Melanie responded, we will. I love you too, mom. That was the last text message that Melanie sent anybody. And where were they going? They're not going anywhere. They're just hanging out at the house. Oh, well, my mom would not text me and be like, have fun. Love you. Normally, she would just come downstairs and be like, love you. Good night. So I just thought they were like, have fun. Go no, because she was just staying at Mel- at Emma's house, so it was just like a nightly, like, good night, love you, have fun. I know, I just, I, I know. I guess 2009, everyone's texting. <laughs> what I assumed was they were going somewhere. No, they were just chilling. The next texts all come in from Melanie's mom, and they're all unresponded to. They say, quote, honey, where are you? Please call me. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Are you okay? Very worried. Where are you? Is something wrong? Melanie, please call me. None of those texts were answered. So when Thomas goes back home and tells Melanie's mom, Kathleen, that Melanie never answered the house or her phone, Kathleen and Thomas start calling everybody that Melanie knows to see if they've heard from her. Melanie's also 18, so it's a little harder to file a police report because she is an adult legally and she is out just doing her thing with her friends. So well, and it's Farmville, so... I hope that nobody at Hampton, Sydney, or Longwood needs the police because good God... No, no, and it sucks. Even our, our our campus police, our campus police will literally watch someone like get hit by a car. Wait, okay, because in and this, they won't do anything. Wait. But if you're smoking a cigarette in a non-smoking area, <laughs> swear to God, eight of them will pull up and tase you. Okay. That's the type of police I dealt with at Hampton Sydney really my entire ha- life. No, I'm really happy that you've actually dealt with them because yeah. these police in this story, I'm like, no, they're wild how? in Farmville. Yeah, they're wild. They just they don't, don't. They don't care. They don't police. No, but they, like that's the thing. They police f- when it doesn't matter, but when it does matter, they don't like. Eh. So Melanie and her mom were close. So her mom knew that the crowd that Melanie ran with, and she knew all the folks in that crowd. Kathleen calls the guy Andre. Andre is Rosakel's boyfriend, and he runs the record label called Serial Killin' Records. Oh, yeah. Zesty. I, I mean, that's out of all this horrorcore I've heard, that's the best. Mm-hmm. And it, that's run out of New Mexico. Kathleen knew that Melanie was friends with Andre and talked to him pretty frequently, and she knew that Richard and Emma were also close with Andre. Andre was very helpful, and Andre also rapped horrorcore. His name was Sictanic the Solus, and he knew that these three had just been at a concert with all these other horrorcore people that Kathleen wouldn't know of. Andre is also Rosicall's boyfriend, so everybody's intertwined with everybody here. 
And Andre tells Kathleen, I haven't heard from them, but I did see Melanie, Emma, and Richard at the music festival back up in Michigan. And they were good. They were fine. Everyone seemed happy. They were just vibing to the beat or lack thereof because there was no beating hearts at this concert. <laughs> no, they were all dying. <laughs> they were everyone, yeah. Or at least wanting to die, apparently. <laughs> Andre does calm Kathleen down because he said that he saw Emma's parents there too. Now, Richard was also a web designer for Andre, so Andre worked with Richard pretty closely, and the two talked quite often. Well, even, like, that Richard guy, even him, like, he got on that website as a dorky little guy that had no confidence, and then he ended up working with some, like, really popular people, doing their advertising, doing their media work, doing their marketing, Mm -hmm. all because of an online. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Kathleen calls Emma's parents' landline again, and again, and again, and then there's an answer. Richard answers. Whoa, not good. And he goes, hey, Kathleen immediately gets a bad vibe. And she's like, this is not Richard. Psycho Sam has entered the phone. Oh, God. Kathleen asks Richard what's going on and why he's answering the phone of a home that he doesn't live at. Richard says everything's fine and everyone else just went out to a movie. But he wanted to stay in and hang out at home. Kathleen hangs up. And so she calls back two hours later and and Richard answers. Whoa, that's weird. Yep. And she asks to speak with Melanie or Emma, or her parents. And Richard gives a different excuse as to why they still aren't home. This goes on for quite a bit, like several times with several different excuses throughout the night. Kathleen kept calling every like two hours, and Richard would answer and go, Oh yeah, they're still out. They're out getting ice cream. They're still out. They're at the store. They're still out. They're still at the movies. Thomas and Kathleen now know that Richard's lying and something's up. So the next day, September 17th, Kathleen calls Emma's dad, Mark. Again, Mark doesn't live there, so he isn't in that house. Kathleen goes and asks Mark if he can go to the house and check on Emma, Deborah, and Melanie because she can't get a response from anyone and this guy Richard is just answering the phone. Mark's concerned, but he tells Kathleen that later on that night around 5 p.m. he'll swing by the house and make sure everyone's okay. Uh. Yeah. Richard's mother will later say that the last time that she spoke to Richard, aka Psycho Sam, was on the night of September 17th around 7 p.m. She said, quote, he sounded perfectly fine. My mother's intuition is pretty strong, and he said he was having a good time and that he loves me. So it's now midnight on the 17th. So I guess like the 18th. Mm-hmm. Kathleen never heard back from Mark, and Kathleen knows that something is definitely wrong. So she calls the police in Farmville. She asks the Farmville police to go do a welfare check, and she gives them all the details. This online 20-year-old kid that she's never met is staying in this home of a family that he was meeting for the first time, and he's answering the phone, lying about where anyone is that lives there, and she can't get anybody to answer the phone. She tells them that she sent Mark over there to check it out, and now she hasn't heard from him. You know, like, how she feels? Terrified. Or, like, no, I'm saying, like, after the fact. Oh. Like, sending Mark. Oh, yeah. I know. I know it's not her fault. It's not fault, her fault. But, like, yeah, yeah. you would think, like, you should have just called that one you know you you never know no, like i wouldn't i would just no, tell you i would call somebody who i know that I would can swing mark. guy i would call i mark. would call mark yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm not blaming her i'm no. just like i would do the exact same thing you yeah. did but it's like it's you know in the horrible. back of your head yeah. it's like god damn police don't even hesitate and they head to the house because there's nothing better to do in a farm bill so <laughs> might as well go do a welfare check do their job police knock on the door and richard answers and police are like oh hello do you live here richard says no and they're like okay well why are you answering the door and he's like, oh, well, all of the women who do live here are actually out at the movies. And they, Again. Yeah. They love their movies. And we don't have a movie theater. <laughs> so, out. That's, no, we do. We have one. Police ask, okay, well, where is Mark? And Richard goes, oh, yeah, he actually stopped by. But then he just left. So then the police go, all right, thanks. And they leave. No other questions were asked. They just were like, all right, well, we're going to head out. Let us know how the movies went. Which, if there's no suspicion, you yeah, you typically I understand. Can't. But to me, the suspicion is somebody who doesn't someone live who doesn't there live there is there's opening the door. door. Yeah. But if they if he says no one's here, I guess you could check the like driveway. Maybe if they're all the right. cars are there, maybe these line. I don't because Mark's car's got to be somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. It was in the driveway. Because <laughs> you have police department. 
Farmville police. Farmville. Get them while they're hot. And it's so funny because we really don't have that much going on. So, like, just do, do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. please. We really don't. Police call Kathleen back and say, everything's fine. The girls are just out at the movies. And Kathleen's like, no, you big ass bozos. He keeps saying that. These people are not just spending the past two days at the movies. There are not that good movies. They, movie. don't live they like, Literally, there aren't that even that good. There aren't that. There aren't that good of movies. In the theaters, everything's a remake. So I don't know if that movie theater was there in 2009, so they might not even have one. Kathleen calls the house, and she's fuming, and Richard answers. Again, this boy is cocky. Mm-hmm. Kathleen demands to know where everyone is, and she's like, I know that they're not at the movies, so where are they? Richard can't answer, and he just says... They just can't come to the phone. Kathleen then tells Richard that he should call the police because the police can't go there anymore from her end. So she needs him to call the police and have them come to the home. Richard tells her that he will, and they, ha- they hang up the phone. Yeah, okay. Richard calls the police. And does what? And says, quote, I heard some strange noise in my basement. Can you come check out the house? Farmville police make their way back to the home that Richard does not live in, and police go into the basement through the bulkhead in the back. So they never check the remainder of the house. They search the basement. They don't find anything weird. And they leave. Strike two. So Andre made a call to the police. And said that his friend gave him a weird call. And told him that he'd murdered some people. Oh my god. Please tell me the police did not fuck this one up. Police asked who this friend was. And he said, quote, my friend Richard. And he gave police the photos on Richard's MySpace and said, here's what he looks like or kind of looks like because I guess he's he doesn't actually look like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Friday, September 18th, 2009 at 3.20 p.m., Virginia State Police now show up to the house. Okay. Now, it might seem like that's badass or crazy, but Farmville was very tiny and <laughs> there was only so many. No, I'm being serious. Like, there was only so many Farmville Police Department officers and we're right off the major highway, and we're part of a bunch of tiny little counties and towns. So what that means is, is basically the state police was basically just like always around. Like they were, <laughs> they were just like working with the, the smaller towns at all times because it just like our our college ran through a technically a highway road. Yeah. So like state troopers would just be driving down our roads. Like it's oh, just yeah. state troopers in small towns are actually just like the backup. Additional police. Yes. There are additional <laughs> yeah. police for the small towns. Yes. So being a state trooper, it wasn't like, oh my God, that's like they called in reinforcements. It probably right. was is they actually called the police department and the state troopers decided See, to show I thought up. it was they were like, All right, you Farmville folks are incompetent, we're stepping in. But if it's just there. No, actually, what probably happened is Farmville got the call and probably was like, we don't want to deal with this again. We've done this four times. We'll send the states over. And they went over there and did it. So state police knock on the door. As they were knocking, they got a horrific smell coming through the door. It came through the door. They hadn't even opened the door yet. And immediately police knew what that smell was. We've talked about it in episodes before, but once you smell it, you just know. Police break down the door because the smell of decomposition is actually probable cause to enter a home. What these police immediately find is three dead bodies. What they don't find is Richard because he's now fled the scene. (sighs) These three bodies had been brutally murdered and they were in one of the bedrooms downstairs. But police can't touch anything. They have to go get a search warrant. This is now also a crime scene, so they have to call in the crime scene unit and investigators, and they need to find the kid who's been answering the phone the last three days. Police get the warrant, they search the home, and they find a fourth body brutally murdered in one of the upstairs bedrooms. One of the officers on the scene said, quote, This is the most gruesome crime scene I have ever attended. Mm. Police identify the bodies as Mark Niederbrock, Deborah Kelly, Emma Niederbrock, and Melanie Wells. Melanie, Emma, and Deborah were the ones murdered were murdered in their beds as they slept, and Melanie had been sleeping on the couch in the downstairs den. They had been beaten to death with what investigators initially thought was a sledgehammer due to the amount of damage that was done to their bodies oh my God. and their heads. Oh, it's even worse. There was also a sledgehammer in the house, so that's why they believed that that was the murder weapon. It was later learned that when Mark arrived at the home, he knocked, nobody answered, so he walked inside, and as he walked in, he was snuck up on from behind and hit with what they thought was a sledgehammer. Mark's murder was so brutal that the hardwood the hardwood floors underneath him were completely destroyed and beaten up, 
and the floor was so soaked with blood all the way through that it was going through the floor. So it was at this point that police were putting together that Richard had been in the home and based on the determined times of death of these four people, it meant that Richard was sitting in the home for days with these dead bodies just around him decomposing. While he was just eating and sleeping and... Yep, and living and... Watching TV. Yep. It was also learned that for the entire duration from when Richard killed these people up until he was caught by police... He didn't shower. <gasps> ew, you gross son of a bitch. Ew, 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 ew. This was a gruesome, brutal, horrific crime scene. There was blood everywhere. So that meant that Richard was also covered in blood. And, and smelt. He, he did not shower and he did not change his clothes for five days. A day or two after killing Mark, Emma's dad, Richard then decided that he wanted to flee the scene. So he stole Mark's wallet and Mark's car and he drove off. Richard wasn't the best driver because a little ways down the road, Richard accidentally drove into a ditch. This was around 4 a.m. and the Farmville police were called to the scene. This was the night before police arrived at the home and found the bodies. Oh, no. So at this point, they had no No idea idea. that they were even looking for Richard yet. He's 20, so. Right. Police show up. They see Richard and they're like, oh, oh, sir, you are stinky. It was learned later that Richard smelt so bad that you could smell him from other rooms or down the hall, and he smelt so bad that people couldn't be around him. These police questioned Richard, and they asked him, whose car is this? Richard didn't have a license, and he wasn't registered to the car, which was a Honda. And Richard says, quote, oh, it's my girlfriend's dad's car. One. Which, I mean. She's not your girlfriend. Yeah, so he's like, it's one of those things where to him, he's not technically lying in his crazy brain but like even like telling it to an officer you can feel to him it's not his girlfriend but yeah that's my wannabe girlfriend's dad's car yeah makes sense Mm -hmm. police call a tow truck to have the car towed away and they ticket richard for driving without a license and they tell him that he needs to hitch a ride with the tow truck tow truck driver to get wherever he needs to go richard climbs into the tow and he he smells so bad richard climbs into the tow truck driver's truck And that poor driver, he told police later on that Richard smelt rancid in that car. And he was getting visibly nauseous being in that truck cab with him that he was like, oh my God, I could not focus on the road. I was going to, I was trying my best not to throw up everywhere. The tow truck driver brings Richard to a convenience store. From there, Richard calls a taxi and he heads to the airport in Richmond, which was about an hour and a half away. The driver of the taxi was named Curtis Gibson. And he later said that he was trying not to throw up in the car because of how bad Richard smelt. Curtis said that he had to roll down all the windows in the cab and keep them down throughout the whole ride and said, quote, he smelt like the devil. And he also said, quote, he spoke calmly and never raised any of my suspicions. He just smelt like ass. Yeah. Also, just I'm going to jump in this here because I, I don't know. I forget where I put it in my notes, but I because I know people are probably wondering it. So it was 4 a.m. when Richard was in that ditch with police. Mm-hmm. So it's dark out. And he had just brutally murdered four people and he didn't shower and he didn't change his clothes. When he was arrested and the clothes that he killed them in, he was in a black sweatshirt and black pants and black shoes that had red on it. And dried blood obviously turns like a dark mm-hmm. brown maroon. So you can't so see it. police couldn't see no, it. I'm yeah. not blaming them for yeah. anything. No. He, and like he just smelt. So they were no, like, No, oh, and like in Farmville like in a small little town, if a car just runs off the road, and you're, if a yeah, all it is is just a guy is like, yeah, sorry, I ran my I'm girlfriend's dad's truck in the car. It sucks. Yeah. Here, it's in the ditch. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, they'd rather just deal with that than deal with the suspicion of anything else. Like. I blame them. Richard also began confiding in Curtis, the cab driver, and told him that he got into a pretty big fight with his girlfriend. He said that he'd gone through her phone, and Emma, his girlfriend, caught him doing so. Richard told the driver that Emma was mad and that he found out that she'd been texting another guy, exchanging I love yous and confessing feelings for one another. Richard said he then got very angry, but they got into a fight, but they'd get over it soon. And Richard said it was just a lot, so he was heading home to California to take a break and think about all of it. Richard also told the driver that he was going to have to schmooze Emma and sweet talk her, but they'd work through it and he'd get her back. Curtis said that- It's so weird that he's saying that about someone who's not living. I know. And who was never his girlfriend. (sighs) So weird. 
Curtis said that Richard was even gushing over Emma, saying that the first time they ever met was everything that he dreamt it would be, that she had an even more beautiful smile in person, and that she was overall just the most beautiful girl he's ever seen. The first time they met, he didn't He didn't speak. say a word. Like, Richard. You're a loser, bro. Awkward little You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser, big guy. On Saturday, September 19th, 2009, around 1 a.m., police in Farmville, Virginia, sent Richard's photo to police at Richmond International Airport because that's where Richard had been heading. They were trying to avoid Richard getting on a plane and going anywhere. Police at the Richmond Airport begin searching the premises, and Stinky Richard is found... <laughs> pretty fast. He is. He was found pretty quickly. It was the guy that everybody was running away running from. Running away from and did yeah. not request a new seat. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, can I upgrade to first class? Excuse I'm- me, sir. I'm literally going to die on this plane if I sit next to this smelly <laughs> fart the rest of this plane. Thank you. I literally will die. There has to be a code for this. There's no way. This is like customer like. This has to be under my just just like claimer that like yeah. death yeah. shall not be sitting under my nose yeah. on this flight. So Richard's found curled up, sleeping in baggage claim, and there's actually videos of this. You can find it. I'll link it in the source notes. Not me giving you guys homework. He was found on the benches near baggage claim, and there are photos of it. A lot of people wondered, like I said, how police who found him in a ditch at 4 a.m. didn't see any blood on him. Richard, like I said, was dressed in all black. And when you look at those photos, it's really hard to tell that there is blood on him. Richard, Psycho Sam, is arrested at the airport and he's immediately charged with the murder of Mark Niederbrock. They didn't charge him for Deborah, Melanie, or Emma's murders because they still had to build those cases. But with Mark, Richard had stolen his wallet and his car. So well, yeah, and you want him in jail. So yeah, you, you, you just needed one to keep him in jail while you worked the, work other, the cases. other cases. Yeah. yeah. Richard's also charged with the theft of the car and theft of the wallet, and police also obtained a search warrant to go through Richard's home back in California. They confiscate his computer, any other belongings, and this was all done at 1 a.m. while Richard was being arrested. So it's like 10 p.m., and his parents didn't know any of this was going on, so the cops busted down the door of his parents' house. Oh, my God. And they they were were like, what is happening? They also took the home phone and more than a dozen paper bags of evidence. There was also an occult expert, Don Reimer, who was brought in because there were symbols in the music that Richard was listening to, talking about the murder scene at Emma's house and how it was a, quote, slaughterhouse. What? Yeah, because Richard wrote songs. Richard didn't initially cooperate with police after he was arrested, and when asked why he did it, he told police, quote, Jesus made me do it, and smirked. Oh, okay. Which, you don't have to believe in any religion, but to say what he was saying and saying it with a smile is taking a jab at religion, and I don't like that, regardless of any religion that you are. Well, especially when it's like, dude, you're like, like you were this little like nerdy kid that couldn't like speak, and yeah, like now you feel justified because and a girl found guy. you like ugly and she didn't like you because you lied to her, and now you think you're some badass because mm-hmm. you killed her. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. And you'll we'll talk later. He was not a good person. Like the shy, meek thing. I don't know if that was all an act, but. He was smiling every time he was caught with photos. He would smirk at like the at the photo photographers. He would smirk at the police. He would say things like, "Oh, Jesus made me do it," and smile like he was just a little. He might just be socially awkward, uh, like with women. I think he was really nervous around Emma, but I think that he's a horrible human being. Yeah. On Monday, September twenty first, two thousand nine, the autopsies did come back. And they showed that blunt force trauma to the head was done by either a sledgehammer, a ball peen hammer, or a wood splitting maul, which is a big clunky axe. Hammer, yeah. Yeah. But they couldn't determine which of the three was done, and all three were found in the home. None of the four victims could be identified until the medical examiner's office because they were so brutally beaten and cut up. That's so sad. Yeah. It's believed that Deborah, Emma, and Melanie were killed on Wednesday, which was the day after the concert. Attorney Jim Ennis told the court that Richard killed Melanie first while she was asleep on the couch in the downstairs den, then went upstairs to Deborah Kelly's office where she was sleeping and killed her, and then lastly, he went into Emma's bedroom and killed her while she slept. He then dragged Emma and Deborah down into the downstairs den with Melanie. On October 19th, 2009, Richard was indicted on six counts of capital murder. He got two extra counts of murder due to how gruesome the murder was. And in Virginia, if the murder is bad enough, you can tack on two additional counts. Nice. Yeah. Love that. It was pretty interesting. Other people believe that Richard killed multiple people a few years prior. Hmm. I couldn't find much more on that, but 
based on his music and having how brutal this crime was, it's believed that it's it might not, not his be first. his first. Yeah. yeah, and we won't ever know because there was never a trial. Richard got an attorney who basically told him that he would be sentenced to death within a matter of seconds, so it would be better to just plead guilty because the amount of evidence that they had on him, like literally on him, on his body. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, on you. On you, you're wearing the evidence. They basically said. You didn't shower, you're wearing your victim's blood, you're driving your car, like, none of this is a good look for you. People in the public eye immediately blamed horrorcore, and there was a big target on that community. But like I said, it's important to note that just because someone sings horrorcore or listens to horrorcore doesn't mean that they're a murderer. But also during this, photos of Richard came out where he was laughing at a U.S. Marine's grave and then climbing on and defiling other soldiers' graves, like putting upside-down crosses on them, sitting on them, standing on them. The public saw that Richard was just not a good person, and Richard had some pretty hefty rap lyrics. On September 20th, 2010, Richard McCroskey III pled guilty to to the four murders in the Prince Edward County Circuit Courtroom. Two of them, capital murder, and two of them, first-degree murder. Richard received four life sentences and waived all of his rights to an appeal, so he'll never get out. Good. And the court attorney, James Ennis, said that the victim's families did support Richard's decision to a plea deal instead of going to trial and possibly getting the death penalty. Attorney Ennis says that Richard was angry about his fake and failed relationship with Emma, and that's what led to the murders. Quote, I think he had a certain expectation of the relationship with Emma Niederbrock what it was going to be like after a year on the computer and it did not turn out to be what he imagined it was going to be like on september 15th 2009 at 7:52 a.m emma posted on myspace and said quote i made so many friends that night haha and sam says hi i can't wait until next year i'll be driving at that time that was the night of the concert Oof. or the morning of yeah. after the concert mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it came to Razakel, because she's the one who basically introduced richard to emma and melanie and that whole group she said that she and no one else she knows are going to rap about the murders typically this would be exactly what they would write a song about but this time it was a big no-no she said quote people can call it hypocritical but i call it respect i'm not going to talk about people i loved like that it would be disrespectful and how were people mad at her for that? Because her tone changed, and she said, quote, We rap about it, and finally, ha- and it finally happens. It should be a, like a slap in our face, right? Well, no. Shit happens. Oh. Get. Oh, nope. Nope, never nope. mind. Nope, you were sweet for a second. Nope, shit doesn't happen. Your friends don't murder each other yeah. because you guys listen to a certain type of music. Yeah. Just yep. saying. Yeah. Okay, well, what's his name? Richard McCroskey III. Richard He's, McCroskey. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. Wow. Oh, well, yeah. Farmville's just Farmville's got... just avoid Farmville's. Well, I, I liked it. A little yeah. fun college town. Yeah, Chase is trying to bring me back there to see it. Well, I wanted you to see my college. Yeah. yeah. I don't really... <laughs> the town we can go through He's in like, six minutes. Yeah. Farmville, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we, got an, we don't even have an IHOP. Oh, I don't even eat IHOP. I know. I was just thinking we got an IHOP. We got a... We don't oh. got much, but... All right, so with that being said, you are getting a bonus this week. Woohoo! B-O-N-U-S. Bonus, because mm. we love you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at... Crime with a K. If you want to send us a case, you can send it to... Crime with a K at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on TikTok, you can follow us at... Crime with a K. And other than that... Subscribe. Follow along. Yeah! Bye! See ya! <laughs>